Hello, what is up? Welcome to MLB DFS Today. I am your host, Tim Sim, and I'm here to break down some of the division series action taking place in Major League Baseball on DraftKings, and it is a three-game slate starting at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. But before we get into the baseball action, let's talk about all the amazing content available on sportsethos.com. Currently, if you're listening to the show, and you're not signed up for the DFS Pass, I don't know what you're waiting for. You get my pickums over there. I was three for four, gave out Alvarez, gave out a few other winners today. So you're going to get all of the NFL DFS stuff over there. You're going to make your money 10 times back. Mike LaFamina crushes it on the NFL side. You get some of his PGA picks over there too. You're going to get some of the NBA DFS content coming out on that pass as well and the nba just a few weeks away we're under two weeks away if you're listening to this on wednesday Uh, so that's going to start ramping up it's already going full speed ahead over on sports ethos but whether you're into dfs into season-long fantasy or just wagering or you just like a specific team chances are we got some content over on the website for you uh hockey is here Uh, It just snuck up on us, but hockey is here, and we got content for hockey as well. Whatever sport that you follow is going to be covered on sportsethos.com, so definitely check it out. Sign up for the DFS path. Sign up for the Fantasy Pass. Make sure you're using that Fantasy Draft Tracker. If you're playing fantasy basketball and you're not using that, um, you're at a disadvantage, the same disadvantage that everybody else is at for not having it. Uh, The draft is super crucial if you play fantasy basketball, and that's coming up soon, like I said, in two weeks. So my draft's next week. I'm using it. I'm prepping as much as I can because that's super important for the season. So definitely go check it out. Check out all the great stuff going on over there at the website. But with that said, let's talk about some of these games. This slate was pushed back. It initially was going to start at 11 o'clock a.m. Pacific time. Uh, so, But with the Rangers and the Orioles finishing, uh, that game is now off the table. That's off the docket. So we only have three games. And the first game is going to start at 2 o'clock Pacific time. They don't want these games to overlap, but unfortunately that means we get a game like the Braves and the Phillies early. Yeah, early afternoon for me on the West Coast, so a lot of people are not going to be able to see that. And this is a day after we saw the Twins and the Astros start at 1 o'clock Pacific time, which I felt was a huge disadvantage for the Twins. I know they're a little bit later in the time zone than I am, but that's still early for their crowd to be fully imbibed fully raucous so we saw the Astros kind of put them in their place to be honest um and so today they are on Wednesday Astros twins get the the middle game four o'clock pacific time so that's a little bit better maybe they can stay alive we'll see what happens we'll see who is going to survive who is going to put who away um but Two out of these three games we have are in-division rivals matching up against each other. So there's no intimidation factor at all. So that kind of explains how a team like the Diamondbacks is able to hang with a 100-win team like the Dodgers. But, I mean, obviously the Dodgers not hitting is not helping their case. I have plenty to say about that. But for DFS purposes... Let's get into some of this action. The first game on the docket is going to be the Braves 
in Philadelphia at Citizens Bank Park, and that place is going to be rocking. Uh, it's going to be 5 o'clock for them uh, Eastern time, so I don't think there will be any issue with the crowd as if there ever was with a Philadelphia crowd being raucous. So I'm fully expecting the Phillies to come out and to dominate this game. The pitching matchup heavily favors them. We got Aaron Nola, who I think is probably the number one guy that you want to start out of the six pitchers listed. Let's talk about the overall pitching strategy here. Uh, Because of where we are in the postseason, it's a lot different than the regular season, how you would see the pitching slate laid out. Some of these guys are not even going to last three innings. I mean, Brandon Pafat is going to last maybe two innings, three at most. A.J. Smith, Shaver is going to get the start for the Braves. He's probably going to not last very long either. Um, So you're really only talking about three guys, in my opinion, who are going to see some bulk innings. Um, And with the other guys, it's just too risky to play them because they can maybe last for two or three innings and then get taken out. So you're really having to make up a lot of ground with your hitters in terms of the points scored. So Aaron Nola for the Phillies, Lance Lynn for the Dodgers, and Joe Ryan for the Twins. I think those are really the only three guys that you can play in this slate. And because of that, I think you got to go with Nola, even though he is chalk 9,600. Uh, he's a thousand more than Lance Lynn, but I think you got to go with him because he is the most likely to have a decent game. He doesn't even have to have an incredible game, but all you need is longevity, uh, maybe even a 16 point effort from him. But just because the other guys are really not going to see uh, expanded game action, you have to go with some of these big starters. So Nola is the one that I'm going to be starting in all of my lineups. But let's talk about the hitters now. The Phillies, again, the matchup against A.J. Smith-Shaver. He's not not somebody that Braves fans really feel that confident about. Uh, I think the Phillies at home will be coming out and taking this game and probably putting a lot of runs on the board. I mean, let's be honest, they should have won that last game. They totally blew it. They had that game in the bag, so I think they will be coming out with a vengeance. I think Trey Turner is a really good value at 5,400 for a guy of his speed. Uh, We saw him get two stolen bases in the first game of the series. He had a double in game two, so I think you can play him at 5,400. I think it's between him or Correa at the shortstop position, but I like Turner just because I like the matchup a little bit more for him. Bryce Harper, 5,200. First base is a tricky tricky spot in this slate just because the incredible first basemen that are going uh so you got harper at first base freddie freeman at first base uh jose abreu hit two home runs on tuesday but um i think i think you want to go with harper at home uh against a right-hander uh in smith shaver 
So Harper is a lefty. As he usually does, he should show up at Citizens Bank Park. Those are the two guys that I'm mostly going to target. I think you can actually stack a few Phillies here, to be honest. You can play either a Bryson Stott or an Alec Bohm, and uh, one of them should be able to come through for you. I like Bryson Stott a lot at his price, and he's been really hot. He's got three hits in the first two games of the series. Uh, He also had a stolen base in the first game of the series, an RBI in both games. So he's kind of come through for them, and his price point, I think, is a really good one. I also like JT Real Muto at the catcher spot. I think he's really good value there as well at around 4,000. I think if uh, on the Brave side, if Darno plays, he's also amazing value at the catcher spot. But we'll see if he's DHs or exactly what happens there. I mean, he had a clutch home run uh, in game two, kept the Brave season alive. Austin Riley also homered. He's at, uh, what, 3,000, I believe. So, and he's had some success against Aaron Nola. He's got five homers off him in his career. A few of these Braves batters have some experience against Nola. Acuna hitting 327 against Nola in 50 at bats. Ozuna, 50 at bats against Nola. Riley, 389 in 50 at bats. So uh, these Braves batters are not going to be afraid of Aranola, but Aranola, I think, is going to be good enough to keep the Phillies alive in the postseason. He was really good against the Marlins. Didn't strike out a lot of guys, but he controlled the game, and that's what he's going to need to do. His last start against the Braves came in late September, so not too far away. He lasted six innings and struck out eight. Only gave up two runs. Maybe if he can replicate that, then I think the Phillies will be in a great spot. And moving on to the Astros and the Twins. In the game on Tuesday, the Astros took it to Minnesota. They won 9-1. That game was not really competitive. Christian Javier was excellent on the mound for the Astros. And Jose Urquidy is going to get the start. There was maybe some talk of Verlander in this one, but I guess he'll be held out for the elimination game. Obviously, Dusty Baker would love to not have to use him in this series uh, and save him for the ALCS in what would be a Texas showdown. But um, yeah, we're going to see Urquidy, who had an inconsistent season. His last start was maybe his best start, but um, before that... He struggled to make it past a few innings. Uh, There's not a lot of trust there from Dusty Baker, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what kind of leash he has. Joe Ryan, on the other hand, is part of this Twins rotation who, you know, has been really good, but uh, Joe Ryan is third on the death chart, I would say, for the Twins, and he struggled to end the year out. He gave up six runs in his last start. That was in Colorado, so maybe you could scratch that one out, but he was giving up a little bit too many runs, and he could be inconsistent as well. And this Astros team, when they come alive, when their lineup is healthy and it is hitting, uh, man, they're dangerous. Jordan Alvarez is probably the most dangerous hitter in the postseason right now. He has hit a home run in every game so far this series, and he hit two in the first game. So I'm not really sure what to make of this one. I think the Twins will put up a fight, and a great thing about the Twins all year is that they have value guys, so you can go down the list and play a few of their guys. I mean, 
Uh, Royce Lewis is the most expensive one. I'm not. He's a little pricey for my taste. So Royce Lewis is at 5,600, and Jordan Alvarez is only 200 more than that. So I don't think I would go with Royce Lewis. Um, after that, you're talking about Jorge Polanco or Carlos Correa. Uh, Correa is 4,100. He went into Tuesday's game leading the postseason in hits. I think he's got nine hits now this postseason. So that's pretty good in five games. Uh, so if you want to take your chance there, if you don't want to go Trey Turner with an expensive shortstop, I think Correa is the next best option on the board. Um, we can also look at maybe Edward Julian, uh, who's the leadoff man for the Twins. He's at 3500 So, again, a lot of value, guys. We saw Willie Castro get to start again in center field. We'll see uh, Rocco Baldelli's kind of alternating between Castro and Michael A. Taylor in that spot. But if Castro gets to start, he's got speed, and he's got some power potential. Uh, he got a hit and an RBI, the only RBI for the Twins in the game on Tuesday. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I'm not, I don't have a ton of faith in the twins to stay alive, but I think they could probably make it a fight. Uh, if you're looking for value on the Astro side, I think Michael Brantley is a good play. He got the day off. So maybe he will come back rested and, you know, he's been taking some decent at-bats. He's a veteran guy, a lefty going up against a right-hander. So I think you can go with him. Uh, like I said earlier, Jose Obreu hit two home runs. I'm not sure if he'll do that again. Uh, and he's at 3,600. And obviously the, the other first baseman I would prefer but um, if you want to go cheaper, he is an option as well. So this is this is probably going to be a tight one due to the pitching matchup and and due to these lineups, um, due to the, how the Astros lineup is really coming alive at the moment, and the Twins are going to be fighting for their lives here. So that could make it a really interesting game and maybe a high-scoring one. That means it is time to talk about the Dodgers in Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers' last hope here of salvaging their season and um, making their fans happy. But Lancelin is going to be on the mound. Lancelin finished 43 out of 44 when it comes to pitchers and their ERA, so he was second worst. Only Jordan Lyles was worse this year. Gave up the most home runs out of any pitcher in Major League Baseball this season. Uh, so things are not looking that great. Maybe he can pull a rabbit out of his hat. The Dodgers offense is going to have to show up for them to stay alive. And uh, right now it's not doing that. But Brandon Pott is going to get the start for the Diamondbacks. And we saw him struggle against the Brewers. He gave up a ton of hits in just a few innings. But the leash was short with him. Torrey Lavolo pulled him out early and that saved the Diamondbacks that series and that's probably the reason why they're here now so I think we're going to be seeing that again so again I would not play Brandon Fott I would play Lance Lynn maybe if you believe that he is going to go deep into the game he's obviously got high strikeout potential there uh, but the Dodgers batters JD Martinez is probably the most expensive one that I would play Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts are at 6000 and they're just not taking competitive at-bats at the moment. And for that price, I think you can get better. J.D. Martinez is under 5000 and he homered. He showed up, uh, so maybe he can 
show up again. Uh, James Altman is a value option. Maybe he atones for some of his terrible at-bats. Chris Taylor we might see start. He's at 3,300. So I think the way to go on this Dodger side is to play some value guys. Uh, Will Smith, I don't know. He doesn't really look like he's all that competitive either up there. They're just taking some terrible at-bats at the plate, the Dodgers are. The Diamondbacks are interesting because their guys are pretty affordable. You're talking about a guy like Tommy Pham who has actually come through for the Diamondbacks in this postseason. He's had six hits in the first two games of this series, so maybe he can show up at home. Uh, Corbin Carroll has obviously been excellent. He's also a major stolen base threat. He's a lefty going up against Lance Lynn. He's got seven hits in the four games so far the Diamondbacks have played this postseason. And he drew three walks in his last game and had a stolen base. So at 5,500, I think that's really good value for him. That's about the cheapest we've seen him all season. Uh, Lord Scoriel is another great option for value at 3,300. So we'll see what happens in this one. As a Dodger fan, I can't say that I'm all that confident. But, uh, yeah, it could be a high-scoring affair here with the two pitchers we have who have both kind of struggled. Uh, Fout, obviously, is a rookie, so maybe this is a tough spot for him as we saw it was in Milwaukee. And Lancelin, uh, when it goes wrong for him, it can go terribly. And we've seen it go really wrong for the Dodgers starters this series. So maybe this is the Diamondbacks' time to shine, and uh, we'll say goodbye to my Dodgers. But with that said, I'll say goodbye to you all, and uh, thank you for following this season, listening along this season. This is going to be the last uh, MLB DFS today. Where I'm going to start doing NBA DFS pods. So stay on this feed. Check out all the NFL stuff going on on this feed as well. I'm still going to be writing deliveries as the postseason goes on. Um, so check out those and sign up for the DFS pass. If you want some of my pickums. I've been really successful on that this year, but thanks everybody for coming along for the ride. It's been a really fun year and good luck out there.